0: In Week Five, Eight by Eighty Podcast, Austin Ham and this is it. It's been fun, but all season long we've said that every week. But and this week we had some, a couple games that we were both able to watch a lot of via live stream and kind of just watch in real time together. And there were some sick, sick finishes.
1: <laughs> yeah, this was kind of one where. We, we kind of called it last week of there's going to be some shootouts and some games that came down to the wire. And quite frankly, the ones that we called really kind of did. And it was a lot of fun to watch over the stream and even some of them in person.
0: Yes. And before we get into some of the shootouts, so some of the some of the really big time games are some interesting results that we do want to touch on. A couple of defensive battles in Selma and Selmo Myrna, they knocked off previously unbeaten Leighton 14 to 12 down there. And Selmo Myrna, the Coyotes getting themselves to two and two with that win. So good win for them there and riverside they knocked off nebraska christian at riverside and we highlighted that as a game that could maybe be a lot of points well it wasn't 19 to 13 was the final in a in a battle between teams that were receiving votes but big win there for the chargers for sure
1: yeah absolutely that's a big one where we thought it'd be a lot of points and we thought the teams would be pretty evenly matched we were we were right on one end just not on the points prospect of it
0: absolutely but this next one tyler and i'm gonna let you take the lead on this one because you know these this team these teams a little bit better than i do but this one had the points
1: yeah this was uh wisner taking the win over pender and that was a game that once the bloomfield osmond game wrapped up i had the wife drive home so i could watch it on the live stream and uh the score was any ending, ending score was wisner taking it 44 to 32 over pender but the final score wasn't quite indicative of how the game actually went um It was actually a pick six for Wisner to end the game to kind of put him up by a little bit more. Uh, And Pender was threatening to score it and possibly send it to overtime or take the win. Um, This was a big-time momentum game for Wisner-Pilger, one that they kind of had to have to get back up into the top ten and keep building momentum the rest of the season. And I know I kind of start sounding like a broken record here saying that uh, teams need to be afraid of Pender, but that's just kind of the case. I mean, they're showing that they can score, hang with just about anybody. Um, their record might not show it so far in this this part of the season, but they're kind of a team that I would pick to kind of go bracket busting towards the end of the season.
0: Yeah, that's something that we talked about last week with Pender as well. Is you know don't just write this team off when you look at that one in the win column for them. And now they sit at one and three. And no, you're not. You can't sugarcoat it too much. That's not an insanely great record. But you also look at their remaining schedule. They've got Guardian Angel Central Catholic this week. That's an 0 4 team. They've got 1 and 3 Bancroft Rosalie next week, and then they've got 0 4 Lions Decatur Northeast. After that, before they finish the season with the top 10 ranked Stanton team, but so you're looking at three very very winnable games in the next three weeks here for Pender. They get themselves back to maybe to get themselves to at least four wins, and then have themselves positioned to try to again. I wouldn't write them off as for a chance to upset Stanton there in the season finale. Next one we want to get into and this is this is probably the biggest and best game of the week in eight-man football in the state of Nebraska and that's Thayer Central knocking off Palmyra this is a battle of top 10 teams and it lived up to the billing final was 48 to 36 as really Thayer Central was in control the entire time.
1: Yeah absolutely so I think we kind of gave Palmyra our kiss of death when we were hyping him up last week talking about how they were a contender to uh, knock off some teams and go undefeated to end their season. As we know, they can't can't quite get into playoffs this year because of the whole opting down deal. Um, but Thayer Central winning this game was huge for them—not just moving up the rankings, but showing that they can beat uh, one of the legit teams that, you, quite frankly, you won't see teams like this until you're probably second, third rounds of playoffs. And uh, so this has got to be a massive confidence boost for Thayer Central.
0: Yeah, this is a this was like a quarterfinal or semi-final quality football game for sure. And if you want to learn a little bit more about it, I would recommend folks, if you're listening, to go read a story that Will Rogers from the Hastings Tribune put up. He was at this game, and so he did a great job reporting it. And, you know, he breaks down the game and also had some really great background there on that Thayer Central squad. And I didn't even know this prior to reading his story, uh, this is a team whose head, their head football coach left for Hampton late in the school year last year. And so it wasn't until this summer that they tracked themselves down a uh, football coach. And it was uh, Coach Hohens is his name. And I believe, according to the story, that he hasn't coached since the 90s. Has transitioned this team from a team that threw the ball over 120 times last year and made the playoffs with that to a team that now, through four games with an undefeated record, they've only thrown the ball seven times. It's just a completely different team over there at Thayer Central than what it's been in the last couple years. And do they have it rolling? So, again, I would just really recommend everybody to hop on that Hastings Tribute site and read that story from Will Rogers. A game in our own backyard, or at least our old, your backyard and the backyard of our old stomping ground, Tyler. Wausau went down to creighton and this was circled as a big time game news channel nebraska was on hand everybody kind of saw this as something that could be really really exciting and interesting and Wausau just absolutely cruised to that 34-0 win
1: yeah that was kind of a shocker to me somebody was uh trying to listen to it when we were over at the bloomfield osmond game and somebody said the score was 28 to zero at one point and I kind of had to double take and say, are you listening to the right game? And they said, yeah, it's on Creighton radio. And, uh, quite, quite frankly, it definitely kind of blew me out of the water. Uh, but this Wausau team's very, very efficient. We'll kind of get into that talking about the breakouts and certain, certain athlete. Um, but they, they watching the game, they kind of seem to have everything going for them. Um, and, quite frankly, it was when they needed it the most. It was when all eyes were on them, like you said, News Channel Nebraska in town. Uh, a district rival, kind of a team that's been known for beating Wausau in the past. Um, so yeah, beating just kind of handily. one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is this has kind of been a revenge game for Wausau for this year. I mean, this was, this was kind of their turn to do the whooping on Creighton this time.
0: Yeah, but when we talk about them getting revenge, I mean, this is a Creighton team that's beat them pretty bad in years past. They got a big-time win here, but The schedule's only going to get tougher. This is a Wausau team that's remained unblemished thus far, but you've still got why not? you've still got Bloomfield, so Wausau certainly has everybody's attention after that win. Can they keep it rolling? This game out west that you and I both watched, we we were, I think you and I were more hyped for this game than just about any other game on the schedule, honestly, and that includes that Thayer Central-Palmyra game. We were just really excited to see South Loop take on Sandhills Thedford. And this is another one that we got to stream on Thursday night where you to both watch it a little bit in real time together. And South South Loop gave Sandhills Thedford a fight, but ultimately fell 32-22. to 22. But I thought this game certainly lived up to what I had hoped for from it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I kind of love these Thursday night games because we don't have all the chaos going on of all the different games on Friday night. So it's nice when you get a matchup like this on a Thursday night. Um, in fact, I was watching this one over the NFL that night. Um, I kind of called my shot a, a week early, I think, on uh, freshman Connor Paulson for South Loop. We were watching as we were watching the game. It looks like he's kind of, kind of got the build that doesn't quite run like a freshman. I mean, he's kind of, kind of got passes the eye test, like you were saying when we were watching it. And uh, I think if he just kind of would have broke one during that game, it would have completely changed everything. But didn't didn't quite get it. So I'm kind of keeping my eye on him coming up. Um, but they're going to be taking on a tough defensive team this week in Layton. Um, so we'll see if South Loop bounces back. But man, Sandhill Steadford—they were—they were in control of that game from from the get go. It looked like.
0: Yeah, and Sandhill Thedford is a team that they lost a lot from last year. People still had pretty high hopes for them open the season with that big win over Burwell. And then they had that big time loss to Hitchcock County. And I don't know, it just doesn't feel like they, the Knights have been able to really get that momentum. Certainly not from a polling and voting standpoint that they kind of opened the season with. And even this kind of, this win that a win that I'm really impressed with doesn't, doesn't seem to have really pushed them up that far.
1: Yeah. It's kind of surprising, uh, like you were saying, you were impressed. I'm I'm really impressed with their performance in this one. I mean, they, they doubled the total uh yardage that South Loop had. Um, kind of just one won all phases of the game. And I, I I classify South Loop as kinda like when we were talking about Pender where they're they're a good team, they've just been playing really tough opponents. And so I, I quite frankly I agree with you. Sandhill Sedford should have been moved up a little bit more, but uh I guess I guess our votes just don't count yet. So
0: No, we haven't earned it certainly. Haven't earned it yet. We're only five weeks in, but we're gonna keep talking no matter what anybody says we've earned. Um, and if you want something to talk about, Tyler. This is a town that you're a little familiar with. Did a little student teaching there back in the day, but Elm Creek Buffaloes don't look now, but they're 4-0 in the most spectacular fashion.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. When I when I saw the, the strive uh Twitter account post out the video of this Hail Mary, um I was Kind of blown away. I mean, it was a perfect throw, perfect catch. If you haven't seen it yet, go check out. Uh, we've we've re- retweeted it on our Twitter page over at the Eight by Eighty podcast. Um, definitely, ch- definitely want to check it out. Um, quite, quite the hail mary finish for Elm Creek to push them at four zero. And this Elm Creek team was zero and eight last season, where their closest loss was nine points. So it's not like they were kind of expecting. Or at least other people weren't expecting them to start out for now. They might have been expecting it, um, but don't look now. But they're building a lot of momentum, starting to get close to cracking that top ten. Um, they do have a tough matchup on the road this week against the Burwell Longhorns. So this is this is a big one coming up for Elm Creek. But man, what a finish!
0: Yeah, what a finish, and I don't want to gloss over their opponent. That's a Central Valley squad that I've seen a little bit of in some different matchups for, that I've gotten to cover for KBRX the last couple of years, pretty familiar with just kind of the system they run and some of the athletes that they have. That is not a pushover squad. Central Valley Cougars are a quality program, and for Elm Creek to knock them off en route to this unblemished record and now, like you mentioned, a tough Burwell team coming to town, that's... That was a fun way to get to four. zero. hopefully that emotional, the emotion is still there because they could, they could really be in line to have a special, special season there at Elm Creek. So some of the n- names to know we've been monitoring this list, our names to know those guys that are going to put up big stats week in, week out. We've been curating it these last couple weeks. We're going to add a couple names to it this week. Um, Currently on there, you've got Corbin Horn of Dundee County, Keenan Gaston of Hitchcock County, Cade Hozier of Elmwood Murdoch, Lance Brester of Howell's Dodge, Casey Loomis of Bridgeport, Carter Nelson of Ainsworth. Well, we're going to add Kyle Kasich of Clarkson Lee. He had 118 yards and four touchdowns on the ground against Shelby Rising City. He's got 735 and 14 touchdowns on the year, but... I almost wonder if we waited too long to get him onto this list, Tyler, because this is a guy that you and I first really got our eyes on in that win that Clarkson Lee had over Pender a couple of weeks ago. And I think we were po- both uh, pretty enthralled with Kasich's get- performance even after that one.
1: Yeah, I think, I think he was, he was both on, on both of our radars to get into this names to know segment back then. And uh, I, I think maybe we kind of took it for granted. Cause we were just kind of soaking in the, the win for Clarkson Lee, but um, as as you've said over the season, I mean he's kind of proven it. 14 touchdowns, 735 so far. So I mean, he's definitely earned his way onto the list. And you you might be right. We might have might have waited a little too long for this one, but I'm glad he's on the list now.
0: Yeah, absolutely deserves it, and he's a big part of that undefeated Patriots record. Uh, some of the individual stat lines that we really want to shout out this week. Let's start with two guys, Tyler, that we're gonna add that we've each kind of got a guy that we circled and said, I want this guy added to that names to know list. And so I'll, you know, I'll go Let's have you go first with your guy for the names to know that we're going to add on here.
1: Yeah, I don't. Personally, this is another guy that I think we could have put on there before. um, And that's Tanner Fromm over in Plainview. Uh, I've gotten to see him play multiple years, um, a couple times this year so far. And uh, this past week, uh, he went and put up nine total touchdowns but here's the kicker of it. He only played about three quarters in their blowout win.
0: Yeah, that's just, un- that's unreal. The efficiency in that. And I know, I know of somebody that was an official, at, that was a ref at that game. And he was gassed after, after that, I believe it was yeah. 70 to 30 or something like that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just a, just a track meet. And uh, a lot of that scoring happened early and often. I mean, uh, Tanner Fromm's, been a major part of the Plainviews kind of coming up this year uh, at their three and one record. Um, remember Plainview didn't win a game last year. So I think they've kind of put in the work over this off season right now fromm has got 736 yards on the ground and he's also got 736 yards through the air. I mean, talk about a dual threat kind of guy.
0: Yeah. He's easily, easily going to cross that thousand thousand barrier. And then you're looking at a guy that might be able to flirt with 15, 15. That's just an, Unreal offensive season. So we're gonna put from Tanner from of Plainview. He's on the names to know. And the quarterback that I want to add to the list, and this is another one that yeah, Mia Colpa should have been on the probably a kid that should have just been on the list day one when we started this list. That's Aiden Cooster of Neely Oakdale, senior quarterback. Uh this week against in a 50 to 30 win over Elkhorn Valley. He had 382 yards and four touchdowns passing, had 196 and two on the ground uh the last two seasons he's been over 2400 yards and really close to a th- passing and really close to a 1000 rushing. He's on pace for those kind of numbers again. He's just this is a really good Neely Oakdale team and the entirety of their offense runs through Cooster who is one of the most special athletes period full stop in the class D ranks and yeah, like, like I said really I mean that this was an impressive performance to be sure but he's been doing this for three years now and there's no reason that frankly he shouldn't already been on this list
1: yeah i agree with you i mean he's been lightening up the past three years like you've been talking about and certainly this year (laughs) man our list is kind of starting to get long and we keep talking about these guys that we probably should have had on there earlier but man it just kind of goes to show the different talent that you can find down in these eight man football teams where these are these are guys that aren't just doing it one week or two weeks we're we're getting close to that halfway mark and they've done it every week i mean the, these kids aren't taking a week off where they're kind of having down games i mean these are these are your studs down here in eight man so it's ex- exciting to have those two added to the list
0: yeah these are guys that are just workhorses for solid teams and speaking of workhorses uh laurel conquered coleridge bears they're four and and quarterback dylan taylor he had 200 yards and three touchdowns passing ran for 135 and two more scores and that was in a win over a previously undefeated homer team there so laurel's kind of got something cooking there now too
1: yeah absolutely that laurel's been kind of creeping up the the leaderboard uh your top tens and uh Quite frankly, some of the numbers that they've been putting up offensively are extremely impressive, and uh, Dylan Taylor's a kid that I'm I'm looking forward to looking looking at more often as they take on Crofton this week.
0: All right, these last two stat lines I want to get into, Tyler, they're completely ridiculous, and for very different reasons, <laughs> but they're completely ridiculous, and you know who I'm talking about, so which direction do you want to go first?
1: Uh, I say we stick in the backyard first. Let's go with Jackson Clausen.
0: Okay, so Jackson Clossett, the quarterback for the previously mentioned Wausau Vikings, 184 yards, three touchdowns. Really good night. Great night for anybody. He did it on six carries, Tyler. Six sinking carries for 180 and three.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And their their shutout win over Creighton, I mean, that's efficiency right there. I mean, when you're averaging those kind of numbers on six carries, like most kids would be thrilled with that kind of night on a full workload six carries that's that's insane that just kind of shows his his big play capability we know he's a good athlete uh, on the basketball court and he's kind of showing off here a little bit on the football field this year where that he's kind of the guy in Wausau right now and really big reason for their record right now
0: yeah he's been their offensive workhorse for sure and well that's just unreal explosiveness and this other guy we want to talk about here, this is Brecken Schluter of Exeter, Exeter Milligan Friend. So EMF, they played an absolute rollicking shootout with Freeman. They beat the Falcons 71-64. to 64. So, But Schluter did absolutely everything for Exeter Milligan Friend in this one. He, 36 carries for eight touchdowns, 460 yards just that's insane real
1: that's a yeah like you were saying this complete opposite different crazy stat lines for totally different reasons the amount of volume i mean you were talking about your your buddy that was reffing over in the plain view game being gassed Brecken had to be gassed with that kind of stat line 36 carries i don't i don't know if i could make it to my mailbox and back 36 times
0: that's just that's unreal and to just continue to not just to grind because frankly you can you dig around the stats a little bit you can find guys who had 36 for 190 and two guys who were just popping off five six yards a carry or even three four yards a carry but we're just keep getting fed the ball and just you know pounding it grinding it between the tackles and in a close game but no this was wind sprints explosive carries just constant constant work and I mean that number 460. That's you cross into the fours. Like we see some big time rushing games. We'll see guys in the 300s. Most weeks you can find a couple of guys that crack 300 yards rushing. You cross into the fours. That's some rarefied air.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Another another big kicker in this, like you said, it was a 71 to 64 or 71 to 64 win. That means he was probably playing on defense too. So it's an absolute shootout where both teams are making it up and down the field constantly. So they didn't just do it on the offensive side. He also did it on the defensive side.
0: Yeah, he. that's just a, a unreal. So some wild, wild stat lines from some upperclassmen here. And again, our stat lines of the week, that's Dylan Taylor of Laurel Concord, Coleridge, Aiden Cooster of Neely Oakdale, Tanner Fromm of Plainview, Brecken Schluter of Exeter Milligan Friend, and Jackson Clawson of Wausau. Now, Tyler, for our kind of freshman slash underclassman breakouts, we had to dig a little bit more this week. We've kind of, we talk about guys just establishing themselves and adding themselves to the list for the names to know. But with this breakouts, we've really been making an effort to not have repeats so we can find new young guys that are doing special things, but some of those same young guys have really entrenched themselves as consistent varsity producers, you know, guys like Tanner Biscup or Tucker Biscup of Alma or Gage Headstrom from St. Mary's, but trying to find some different guys. We did a little, a little digging this week and you came across a guy from Dundee County that I think we're both really a lot more intrigued with going forward.
1: Yeah, and that's that's Ethan Latta, third on the team in rushing, second in receiving. Uh, It can be an option when their schedule is getting harder, kind of coming down the line as they're about to start hitting some pretty tough games. Um, If you're a freshman, the way to get on the field is versatility, whether it's offense, defense, special teams, just being able to be put into different roles, gets you on the field, gets you those stats, um, get you noticed by these coaches and kind of gets you a bigger role in the offense or defense or whatever, whatever way you're trying to get on the field. And clearly, Ethan Lott is figured out how to do that for DCS As like we said, he was third and third and rushing and second in receiving. And quite frankly, I think coming up with their schedule, they're going to need him some more.
0: Yeah, they really are. And this is a team that is still really, really good Dundee County Stratton. But part of the question was they lost some big time production from last year. They've been rolling so far, but you know, they've got a team like Hitchcock County coming up on the schedule in two weeks. And then from there you start to look at what can you do in the playoffs and Anything that you can do to be more multiple, to have different ways to win, to have different ways to be explosive, that helps you win those postseason matchups, and Latta looks like he's going to, if they're going to have that, he's going to be a big part of it. This other kid, he's a sophomore. This is only the second sophomore we've put on breakouts, Tyler. And I think that's probably why we had missed him because, I mean, this is a quality Arapaho team, and William Shaw has been the lead back for him all year long, putting up pretty good numbers. He just slipped through the cracks on us being a second-year player.
1: Yeah, being a second-year player, like you were saying, he slipped through the cracks. But um, as we were looking, we couldn't find any stats for him for his freshman year, so pretty pretty sure he's kind of new to the team. or new, new to his role, at least, and he's on pace for over a thousand yards and two or and 20 touchdowns for, like you said, a solid Arapaho team.
0: Yeah, this is a Arapaho team that I think went nine and one last season. So, but they were super, super upperclassmen laden and they were a really talented team. But again, that probably buried some guys. You saw like a freshman like Shaw when your team's that quality with that many upperclassmen, it's just hard to get on the field. And it's cool to see him now stepping in and being that guy and keeping this team on their winning way. So, again, our breakouts for the week, that's Ethan Latta of Dundee County Stratton and William Shaw of Arapahoe. And now we're going to dive into our top 10s. Again, we pull our top 10s from the composite rankings that are posted on Huskerland Preps uh, and love all the folks that do great work curating stuff that shows up on the the message boards there at Huskerland Preps. It's a great way... To keep your eye on what's going on, and I'll kick us off here at the top of Class D one. It's how we've kicked off every single top ten segment so far this season, and that's North Platte St. Pat's five zero. They t- knocked off Sutherland fifty seven to fourteen. Received all six first place votes for the six polls that went into this composite ranking, by the way. But they might actually they might have one of their best challenges of the season. Season coming down the pipe this week. They host Sand Hills Valley. Sand Hills Valley is four and oh. Now they haven't played anybody like St. Pat's yet. They haven't. But this is a team that I watched in the playoffs two years ago. They lost at St. Mary's in a game that I did on the radio for KVRX. They showed a little bit of explosiveness. So guys that were sophomores that year, uh, they had a tight end slash receiver who had, I believe, a 70-yard touchdown in that one. His name's escaping me right this moment, but he's still on the squad. I know he's still there as their leading receiver. They've got a sophomore quarterback that's thrown for nearly 500 yards halfway through the season. They've got a senior running back that's on pace for close to 1,000 yards. They've got an offense that can beat you in a lot of different ways, but St. Pat's is, you know, it's a machine, Tyler. It's a machine. What do you do with it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like you were saying, uh, Sandhills Valley's got some weapons. They've got got the ability to score. Just whether or not they can score on this stout defensive North Platte St. Pat's is the real question. Um, Going to be a different different look for North Platte St. Pat's as they're kind of getting into a tough part of their schedule. And Sandhills Valley, the real question is, can they can they answer up and knock off the the perennial powerhouse right now in D one? So. That's all eyes are going to be on that one for me anyway. Kind of kind of rooting for Sandhills Valley a little bit, just so we get a little bit more of a shakeup here in the D one top tens. Um, But yeah, that's definitely one to watch Uh, coming in at number two. We've got cross County four and O they beat twin river 58 to 14 and they'll be at one in three Cedar bluffs. Quite frankly, Austin, I think this one's just going to be business as usual for cross County to stay, stay undefeated.
0: Absolutely. You got to imagine cross County just, trying to keep themselves rolling because, again, you get a 1-3 and three team when you look up ahead of you. The only team ahead of you in the rankings, well, they've got an undefeated opponent, so you want to be primed to try to take advantage of a jump if St. Pat's does have a toast up here. And that's probably true for this next team on the rankings. That's number three, Stanton, 4-0. They beat Guardian Angels, Central Catholics, 60-14. to Again, same story. They're at uh, 0-4 Lions, Decatur, Northeast team, so the Mustangs having a really nice season, but just trying to keep things together.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You, you just kind of want to see, basically, if you're kind of these next couple teams that we're t- going to talk about, you just kind of want to do your job, hope somebody trips up in front of you, and you can kind of pick up some power points by winning big. Um, a lot of, A lot of really good teams. I mean, from Anywhere from six, maybe even seven, up to the top of D1. It's it's looking good. Like these teams are solid. Where you could, you could see these flip flopped about anywhere in this top ten ranking. Um, so that's number three, Stanton, taking on Lions Decatur, Northeast. Number four, we've got Clarkson Lee, also four and zero. They beat Shelby Rising City fifty four to twenty six, like we talked about a little bit earlier. And they host one and three Twin River, and quite frankly. Clarkson Lee, I, th- I think, deserves to be up a little bit higher than this, and I'm, I'm kind of expecting them to make a little bit of a statement on this one against Twin River and move up in this rankings.
0: Yeah, really. I mean, that's a quality Shelby Rising City team that Clarkson Lee knocked off. We've already talked about the win that they had over Pender earlier in the season, and, I mean, if you're Clarkson Lee, you got to just kind of look at the polls and go, I mean, I don't know what else we're supposed to do. We've, beat, we've beaten good teams. We've beaten them convincingly. Like you said, this top this the top half, top two thirds of this top ten for D one, he could stack it just about any way underneath North Platte St. Pat's and I'd have a hard time arguing with it. Honestly, one of the bigger arguments I might make is that this next team at number five deserves to be higher. And that's Thayer Central. After that nice win, that forty-eight to thirty-six win over Paul Myra that we talked so much about. You no, know, this week they're at one and three Southern, but Thayer Central looked incredibly I mean they were up 20 to 6 this was the first game they've had to really get into a shootout with their kind of ground and pound split back split back option and they absolutely answered the t- the task and I I could I could make a really strong case that the Titans should be number two in, in D1 yeah
1: absolutely I'm I'm right there with you I think they're catching a little bit of disrespect there after that huge win like you talked about against Palmyra where maybe it's just because we were high on palmyra and maybe other people weren't um maybe maybe because of the fact that they were opting down and not playoff eligible people weren't quite giving them the nod that we were um so maybe that has something to do with it but i'm i'm right there with you i think their central needs to be higher than this um but sadly they're four they're five looking to move up and uh if they keep doing what they've been doing i think i think there's a shot that they come up and it doesn't matter where you rank now it matters where you ranked after the state championship so and then moving on to number six, we've got Laurel Concord Coleridge at four and zero. They took on an undefeated Homer team, won in big there, forty six to thirteen, kind of flexing those offensive muscles that like they have been all season. And they host a very physical two and two Crofton team.
0: Yeah, and what were the question for Crofton remains. What the question for Crofton has been is, can they score enough? They can. This is a strong team. This is a team that's going to make you earn it especially going to, you're especially going to have to earn it on the ground and in between the tackles against the warriors. But we know that Laurel can score. We know that Laurel's got some real perimeter athletes that can do some damage, can Crofton keep up. And if they can, maybe they can fight their way back into the back end of these rankings where they opened the season. If they can't, well, I think you're going to see Laurel keep it rolling there. Now we're finally into our first team with a loss here in the rankings for D1. And that's Neely Oakdale mentioned already they had that 50 to 30 win over Elkhorn Valley that that you that we um saw Aiden Kuster go so go crazy and well they get a very interesting one Tyler they're at that 3 and one Plainview team with Fromm and this might be one of the most fun quarterback matchups we get to preview
1: yeah not not just uh one of the top quarterback battles that is going to go on here. These two are leading their teams in multiple categories, including tackles. So you know that these two are going to be going, going at each other all game early, often throughout the whole entire thing. This is, this is kind of one where it's going to be, which team is surrounded the best by these two stud quarterbacks. I'm so glad that they got onto our breakout lists or our names to know. And uh, this one's going to, I, I personally think this game right here is going to be a big one where they kind of go back and forth. Going to be another one of those shootout-style games where it's going to come down to basically the last couple possessions. Um, I I just want to point out, highlight the fact that Plainview was 0-8 last season, and now they're at 3-1 looking to try and challenge the number seven team. And if I, if I'm not mistaken, oh no, they're not, not quite receiving votes anymore. But I can guarantee you, if they can knock off. Cooster and this Neely Oakdale team at number seven, they'll, they'll be shooting up the rankings.
0: Yeah, they'll be more than receiving votes if they win this game. I'm going to go ahead and say that right now. Uh, next up on the list, uh, it's number eight, Palmyra. They're 3-1 and one after that loss to Thayer Central, but they've got an interesting one coming up here as well because that we mentioned Thayer Central, grounded pound. They ran the ball and ran it well against the Panthers who now have to take on Exeter Milligan friend and the guy that we talked about earlier, that's Brecken Schluter coming off the 460 yard rushing game. I, this is a Palmyra defense that probably needs to show, show a little bit of something in terms of their run game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. When you, when you put a, a rush defense or a run defense, that's put allowing big numbers and match it up with a running back or a quarterback who could put up big numbers, you're going to have some big stat lines. So don't, don't be surprised if we're calling Schluter's name again next week because of these big stat lines. But this is, this is basically going to be kind of a, Oh, I don't, I don't know how to, how to phrase it exactly other than just another shootout game where I think it's going to come, come down to the wire where these two three and one teams are going to be looking to try and shift around in the rankings. Um, and it's really, really just going to come down to who's who's got it the most at the end of the game. Who gets the stops or who gets the big breakaway runs?
0: Yeah, I think that's going to be two, three, and one teams playing for the number eight spot. And if 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 Exeter Milligan Friend could pull it off, or if that game winds up closer than expected, Tyler, this team at number nine might be able to sneak the way up and take that number eight spot.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's Elwood Murdoch there at number nine at three and one, another three and one team. Um, they came back from the Palmyra loss a couple weeks ago uh, to beat omaha christian academy seventy three to twenty eight big offensive performance. and they're going to uh, a two and two Mead team where if they if they can take care of business and uh, we see uh extra Milligan friend knock off Palmyra, like you were saying, they could shoot up a little bit.
0: So Elmwood Murdoch's still trying to fight their way up. And Ravenna, again, Ravenna's a resurgent team, a one-win team a year ago. They're still 4-0. They check in at number 10. They're getting that love in the rankings. They knocked off Pleasanton 64-34. to They're at 0-4 McCool Junction. And these contenders, these receiving vote games, uh, Tyler, we kind of already touched on both of these, but Wisner-Pilger, they knocked off Pender. Well, now they host... A one and three Bancroft Rosalie, and we didn't really get into it earlier, but I mean, this Wisner Pilgrim team three—they opened the season with the big win over Lutheran High Northeast, but this is three straight one-score games that the Gators have played in.
1: Yeah, three one-score games, and uh, they've they've come out on top two out of the three, and uh, I'm an- I'm anxious to see if this is—I don't I don't I'm not projecting this one to be quite a one-score game, but it's nice to see teams like Wisner. Wisner Pilger be able to win those close games because that's what it's going to come down to as you get later on in the season. It's it's not can you get the big blowout wins. It's can you can your team stick in there when it's tough and come out with the victory as as the scores close coming down to the final final buzzer.
0: Yeah, and another close one we already mentioned Riverside. They're our final receiving votes team in D one. That nineteen to thirteen win over Nebraska Christian. They'll travel to one and three Arcadia Loop City. Moving on to D two and. We'll, I'll kick off d2 the way we've kicked off every every d2 pull as well <laughs> that's the house Dodge Jaguars they hammered Humphrey lindsey holy family 66 to six they traveled to a one and three East Butler it's business as usual in house Dodge
1: yeah absolutely any anytime you can roll roll a team 66, 66 to six it's it's impressive when you can do it against humphrey Lindsey, holy family, it's its another another aspect of it. And I think this is another one where until we some, see something absolutely crazy where Howell's Dodge gets a loss, and even even then, if it's a close game against one of these top teams, I don't see them shifting very much in the top 10 p- pull just because of how dominant they've been all season. I mean, like you've said, this hasn't changed all season. We knew this coming in. We knew this going through the season. They're just, and like you were talking about, before they're a machine,
0: yeah, just an absolute animal. And this is like I said, Hell's Dodge, they basically have nothing to prove to us at this point of their season. But this next team at two, we've had some questions, Tyler, and they kind of needed to show us a little bit of something, a little bit of dominance. And I think we got that from them,
1: yeah, absolutely. And that's number two, Elgin, Elgin, uh, Pope John at four and oh, they knocked off Chambers with our central 47 to 20. And uh, they'll be going to Owen four Boyd County this this week. And uh, we talked about how we needed to kind of see some offense. We needed to see them kind of pull away from a team. And uh, we got that this week. And we both also talked about how we kind of wanted to see it not on the shoulders of uh, stud running back Jack Wemhoff. And, and we got that this week. It was it was a lot on quarterback Peyton Hofer um, putting on a show out there at Chambers Wheeler Central for Elgin.
0: Yeah, they were up 47 to nothing in that game were the Wolfpack. So a little bit more of that game control dominance you mentioned. Two passing touchdowns, three rushing from Hofer. So saw a lot of what we wanted to see, and hopefully we see more of the same against Boyd County. Number three, that's Bruning Davenport-Shickley. They beat Lord Central Catholic 41-14. to They have a doozy of a game this week. They are at number three, At excuse me, it's number eight, three and one, Falls City Sacred Heart, and neither of these teams put stats into max preps, which is fine, but this is going to be an incredibly interesting game. Sacred Heart, normally so dominant. We saw them give up 44 in the first two games of the year. They've been, They've looked better these last two games, but... Can BDS, can Bernie Davenport shickley be a team that exposes them in kind of a way similar to what Elmwood Murdoch and Lawrence Nelson did in the first two weeks?
1: Yeah, this is this is one where, like you said, is that defense fixed or are we gonna see more of that high scoring offense? Um, another shootout style game. I, I think they've I think they've fixed their defense. I'm gonna I'm gonna kinda stand by that. And uh, this is this is definitely one that I think we'll kind of choose who we think is gonna win here towards the end of the segment. Um but this is this is one where all eyes are on on this one. Uh, moving on down to number four, and that's Hitchcock County at four and zero. Personally, I think they're getting a little disrespect down here at number four, um, but but they beat beat handily a Loomis team at sixty eight to zero, and so zero. That's, that's just the just, that's Yeah, the, you want to just the talk the about defense number. is stepping yeah. up
0: and taking care of business? How about is How about a goose egg?
1: <laughs> yeah. And they're they're going 2-1-3 and three Bertrand this week. Um, it's another dominant performance, like we are talking about, for Hitchcock County. And the final score makes me kind of sad. You were talking about in the last matchup where the teams didn't put stats in, and you said it's fine. I personally, I'll say it's fine, but it's not fine because I want to see stats, <laughs> us being the stat junkies that we are. And uh, this one at 68-0, to I would love to see the stats for Hitchcock County to see. I'm sure they had some guys that could have gotten into our stat lines of the week, with that kind of final score, but sadly we don't get those. And so that's that.
0: Yeah. If you want to know how much we respect Hitchcock County again, they don't put stats in, so we don't have numbers, but senior quarterback Keenan Gaston is still on our names to know kids to watch list just because we know he's doing it. We just don't have the numbers to back it up. (laughs) Yep. At number 5, Bloomfield, they're 4-0. They moved on with a 44-6 win over Osmond, a quality Osmond team, but one that is struggling with health a little bit right now. Uh, they'll host 1-3 and Randolph, and so, again, an undefeated team that we expect to just take care of business on their home turf this week.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Bloomfield's homecoming. We kind of expect it just to kind of be business as usual, like you were saying. And if you're Bloomfield, you got to kind of hope that one of these teams – maybe like the BDS Sacred Heart matchup where Sacred Heart pulls out the win over BDS and you can kind of shift up a little bit um, but basically you're just you're just kind of hoping for one of the teams in front of you to lose and for you to just kind of keep doing your job so that'll be that one moving on to number six we've got Dundee County Stratton at four and0 they beat Bertrand 66 to 20 and without even having to play a game they're gonna move on to five and0 Austin
0: yeah. They get, the, they get a free win this week, I guess, but Medicine Valley, they're having to forfeit. The word is a combination of illness and injuries that they just don't have the bodies to field the team. So Dundee County Stratton, a team that's been cruising all year, they're just going to keep on cruising and they'll get an off week, off week which... An unscheduled off week that gets you a chance to maybe heal up a little bit during the football season. Don't write that off by the time we get to the end of this thing because a midseason extra bye week certainly doesn't hurt. Uh, Kennesaw, they're checking in at number 7, 4-0. Oh. They knocked off Deschler 50-6, to six, taking on a 1-3 and three Silver Lake squad. And then we'll just keep it moving here. Number eight's that Fall City, Sacred Heart taking on... Brooding Davenport, Shickley, against Sacred Heart, three and one. But at number nine, this was a team that I thought might get challenged, Tyler, that faced an undefeated opponent themselves. But boy, oh boy, did they roll.
1: Yeah, and that's Johnson Brock coming in at number nine, staying undefeated on the season. And roll roll is right. I mean, uh, winning 52 to eight, that's, that's pretty impressive when you're beating an undefeated team. Um, they'll be at one and three Lords this week, so uh, another another team that we kind of expect to be business as usual, especially after they handled the the fifty two to eight win this past week.
0: Yeah, Johnson Brock. From a ranking standpoint, people certainly were looking at them to maybe be a team that wasn't quite as impressive as they've been in years past, but they seem to be cruising. You expect to see them at a five and zero mark, and then checking in at number ten again. It's Sand Hills, a team that. All the only team that they've lost to was Hitchcock County, who, again, Tyler and I are about as high on as anybody in this D2 field outside of Howell's Dodge, but still Sandhills St. Sedford, even after a big win, still just hanging out at number 10.
1: Yeah, not not quite getting the respect that I would kind of give them. Like you said, their only loss coming against the number four team in, in this consensus ranking. Like you said, we might have them a little higher. We're not going to question other people's rankings, but. Sandhill Steadford has struggled to get the respect ever since that loss, but all they, all they got to do is just keep beating the teams that, that are in front of them, keep winning like they've been doing. Um, Hannes just took their first loss to Mullen so another another good matchup that they're gonna have and quite frankly, if you're wanting to move back up into the rankings, if you're Sandhill Steadford, this is the game to do it. Kind of flex your muscles a little bit here, another good opponent. this this is the one that you've got to have and you got to have it big.
0: Yeah, and again, you, you mentioned Hyannis. They're 3-1, and one, but they just had that first loss. It was a pretty big loss to Mullen, and if Sandy Hill Stedford can catch them reeling and really put a big number up there, that might be how you start to climb yourself up this rankings ladder a little bit. Moving down to our contenders, and we're going to start it off with a Thursday night game that, Tyler, you mentioned it earlier, those Thursday nights can sometimes be nice for the island nature and the ability to just kind of, lock in on one game and I think this is going to be the one that we lock into
1: yeah absolutely and that that's Osceola um taking on uh or actually they're at uh two and two Giltner um they knocked off Palmer 58 to 20 last week with a good bounce back win um this this is one that I'm going to have my eyes on to see if Zelazny's coming back um I'm I'm thinking this is this is going to be a good one. Um, it'll be nice to kind of zone in on a Thursday night, kind of kick back before all the chaos of Friday nights um, for these D2 matchups.
0: Another Thursday night game that's going on. That'll be Ainsworth. there at Chambers Wheeler Central. Expect to see the Bulldogs keep that undefeated record rolling. Lawrence Nelson, they're hosting Axtel. That's a two and two Axtel squad that'll be heading to Lawrence. But another one on the receiving vote side, and this is an in- interesting one, depending on the health of these two teams, but I know you'll have an eye on this one, Tyler, particularly your little brother's going to have an eye on this one for how it might affect their district going forward this year.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and that that's Why Not um, taking on uh, Creighton, and that's uh, Why Not one last week 61-14 to 14 over Randolph, who Bloomfield will be hosting this week. Um, this is uh, two teams that are kind of dealing with some health issues. Um, I look for Why Not to try and get get a big win here against Creighton. And quite frankly, I look for Creighton to bounce back, kind of shake things off against that Wausau, Wausau, big Wausau loss, um, kind of show some more fight getting back up into this this matchup. So this is this is one I'll definitely have my eyes on, just kind of it being a backyard game.
0: Yeah. And again, for both of these teams, it's a chance for Creighton to bounce back for Wausau, for why not, excuse me, a chance to really try to cement themselves in that upper echelon of teams. And you mentioned Creighton's previous opponent, that's Wausau coming off that big wind. Well, they are at another local squad. That's that one and three Osmond team that we mentioned who took a tough loss to Bloomfield is struggling with health a little bit. But I think the thing I've really got my eye on here is Wausau's defense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Osmond proved that their their offense can score. Um, we saw that when they played uh, O'Neill St. Mary's, with that one being a shootout that came down to a, an onside kick, basically sealing the game for St. Mary's uh, Osman can put up the points and uh, Wausau's d- defense really kind of flexed their muscles against Creighton last week. Uh, like you said, this is kind of the aspect of the game to watch between these two on whether Wausau can stop Osman's explosive attack. And if, if Osmond can get healthy and get that offense rolling again, like they did earlier in the season, this, this could be a big one.
0: Absolutely. And I think this, this last one is a, uh, two teams that are very, very interesting for a different set of reasons, one that is trying to prove that they're just as good as they've been in years past and one whose record is a little bit of a surprise that they're still hanging in there at this level.
1: Yeah, absolutely and that's that's Humphrey St. Francis taking on uh, a three and one win side team that um, quite frankly, I think this one could be a pretty good matchup. Like you were saying, Humphrey St. Francis is trying to prove that they still belong. Where they've been, Um, we've highlighted Carson Wessel earlier in the the different shows as being one of our breakouts, being the the freshman quarterback for the Flyers. Um, And this this three and one win side team, uh, I got to watch them the first week against Bloomfield, and they've got a lot of size, a lot of length, uh, very tall team, especially in their back half, back half of their defense, where Carson might have some troubles in this passing attack with all that length where they can kind of make up some ground. Um, They kind of hit a couple big shots against Bloomfield with their size. So look, look to WinSide to kind of use their size as their advantage on offense, as well as defense kind of clogging passing lanes and trying to win some of those jump balls and uh, look for St. Francis to air it out, hit those quick, quick routes for Carson Wessel. I think, I think this is going to be a good one.
0: Yeah, I'm very excited for that one. And some other games we're excited for, let's dive into them. We're going to try to add another segment here, trying to, Tighten some things up so we can work something in here. We're going to start trying to put our money where our mouth is a little bit, Tyler. We're going to make some picks.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: <laughs> so how so. we're going to how we're going to do these picks is we're going to kind of we're kind of going to do draft style. We've got a couple of games. It's going to vary, you know, depend week to week how many games we want to put on there, but we'll we'll go draft style and we'll go back and forth. Whoever picks, you pick the game and you pick your team. So. If you if Tyler picks a team picks a game and then he picks the team he wants to win, I am thereby I thereby have to take the opponent. So we are never both on the same team We're always both pulling for one for one side of each matchup here. And so, Tyler, I'll let you, we'll just kind of explain it if we have any more questions as we get into it. But I'll go ahead and let you kick us off here with the first pick.
1: Well, like you said, you're you're stuck with the other team no matter what. So I'm I'm going with the heavy favorite in D1. I'm taking North Platte St. Pat's, the machine, like you called them, taking the win over Sand Hills
0: Valley. Listen, I've seen Sand Hills Valley. I this is an undefeated team. You're gonna force me to ride with an undefeated team. Things could be worse. That game's gonna be at 7 p.m. in North Platte. The local station out there they normally cover most of the. Uh, Irish road games it looks like they won't may not have a live stream for that one there at home but that puts me up on the clock and I've got another one that we've already talked about tonight and I'm going to go with Neely Oakdale I'm going to take the Warriors over the Plainview Pirates in what we both expect to be a big time shoot em up style game
1: Hey, that's fine. I'll gladly take the wife's alma mater, the Plainview <laughs> Pirates, gladly. Like you're just you're just putting me in positions to win here. I was gonna pick them anyway, them being the underdog. So you just made it easier for me. So I appreciate that very much. Um, this, like you said, this is a big one that that we're keeping an eye on. Two stud quarterbacks going back and forth at each other all night. Um, if you want to try and catch that game, it's gonna be on at 7 p.m. Friday night. Uh, look up Plainview's youtube i think it's plainview pirates youtube something something along those lines if you search that you should be able to find it and this is a game you're gonna want to watch this is two stud d2 or stud d1 teams excuse me going back and forth at each other and uh thank you for giving me the underdog that i wanted in the first place
0: i'm glad you're thanking me now because now you get a pick (laughs) between our last two games and these are brutal
1: (laughs) yeah these these two were toss-ups but I think I'm going to take, oh man, I'll take uh Palmyra with the win as the heavy or the favorites, uh, against extra Milligan friend. Um, that game's at friend. Uh, yeah, I'll take the, I'll take the, the slight favorite in that one,
0: man, twist my arm into taking <laughs> a kid who ran for 400 yards. Boy, oh boy. I could, could be in a worse spot. That game's going to be at 7 PM on, should be on strive as well. Again, like Tyler said, that one's live from friend. And the last game, then I guess, out of our pick-em segment, I'm just gonna go with go, gonna go with four this week. And this one this one is even more oh boy, this is tough. I'm <laughs> <laughs> everything, everything in my being tells me not to pick against Sacred Heart. Being from Bloomfield, the nature of Sacred Heart's playoff streak being exactly one year longer than Bloomfield's for the two longest in nebraska state history intimately familiar with the continued dominance of sacred heart but i'm gonna take the home team i've got bruning davenport shickley this game's in bruning they're the higher ranked squad i'm, I'm gonna ride with the eagles
1: <laughs> so so just to clarify neither one of us took an underdog as our as our favorites here if if you think we're not yeah, trying we're to get both. an easy point here and we're not we're not going to take some risks you're you're probably right. We're trying. We're trying to beat each other here. Uh, yeah. But thank you. Like we, you said, a story both, program.
0: We also both got excited for the underdogs that we got too. Like, yeah. You know, I don't. I, I don't, don't think, think either of us think, is bummed.
1: <laughs> no, I think this is exactly how. This is every team I wanted out of the four. So. I
0: think. I think
1: this is every team that you wanted out of the four. So I think. I, I think we're pretty well set here. Yeah. I I but thank pretty,
0: you. I feel pretty good. I'm pulling for Sandhills Valley to do something historic and everything else feels like every other game here feels kind of toss up. So pretty, pretty pleased with where we're at.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Thank you for giving me that storied program of false city Sacred heart. Like you were talking about.
0: Yeah. It's it's tough. It's real tough out here, but (laughs) yeah, hopefully we get more lineups of great games as we go here through these last couple weeks of the regular season, because this scene we're having more and more fun, finding new and exciting ways to talk about the sport We're hearing from more and more people on social media and across the state. Uh, Make sure if you've got any breakouts, highlights, anything that you think we need to be aware of, either find us on Twitter, Facebook, email us at 8by80podcast at yahoo.com. You should be able to find all of our feeds and everything through through all the show links. Tell your friends about us. We're having an absolute blast. Make sure you're... Uh, liking the liking us, following us on whatever you're listening on, give us those five star reviews because that is huge. And hearing from everybody and seeing everybody enjoy it, I think that's what keeps us coming back every week. Tyler,
1: yeah, absolutely. Not, nothing warms our hearts more than when we get a a text message or a DM uh, or just a message, comment, anything saying saying um, that they appreciate people appreciate the show, um, especially when people tell us where they're from because I've Obviously, we're not we're not sure where everybody's listening from so it's it's a blast to see the different coverage and see where people are listening from um, that's probably my favorite part is just kind of seeing the spread that this has taken I mean we kind of figured it would just kind of stay in our backyards a little bit and I mean we're all the way around from Omaha down to Elm Creek um, out west I mean it, it's, it's been a blast to see all the different people and uh, it's been been extremely heartwarming um, so thank you to everybody who's helped us get to this point. And uh, like Austin said, we're having a ton of fun. Um, we were we were going to keep going no matter what, but just seeing all the different praises really kind of helped push us up, up, up a little bit more.
0: Yeah, so we're going to keep having fun and we're going to keep coming back. And we hope you join us next week for week five. Again, this is the 8x80 podcast with Austin Hamm and Tyler Smith.
1: See ya. we